Hello, my name is Patrick Maloney. I'm the senior librarian at the California Men's Colony. That's the California Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation State Prison in San Luis Obispo. And I'm here to talk to you about some of the um, conceptions about uh, working as a librarian in a state prison. Some of the myths, hopefully, I will debunk and let you know some of the benefits of working with the state. Let me give you a little background. Um, I come to the department as, with a uh, law degree as an attorney. I got my MLS uh, first, then became an attorney, and then decided to come back into the field as a librarian and work for the prison system. The qualifications that we're looking for, though, in the prison system is just a basic MLS. You don't need to have a law background. That's been some of the questions that have come up. Uh, it is helpful to have it, but definitely not needed. You will learn the law on the job. Um, another issue that has come up as far as qualifications is, is it open to uh, any gender? And the answer to that is unequivocally yes, it is. Um, men and women work in the prisons as librarians. It is very safe. Uh, precautions are taken to ensure our safety. That's probably one of the main points that I would like to make. And that kind of plays against one of the myths, one of the main myths out there. We've all seen movies on prisons, uh, The Shawshank Redemption or uh, Brubaker. And in fact, that's what I had in mind when I went to apply the first time, because I drove into the parking lot and got out and looked around at the prison and got back in my car and drove away. Three weeks later, though, I actually went into the personnel office and got the application, and it is the best thing that I ever did as far as my library career. Which brings me to the rewards of working in the prison we're working with a clientele that is ideally suited for our services, for library services. And I go back to really Carnegie and his model for a library. He viewed libraries as the portal through which the uneducated, the undereducated, the newly arrived could learn about the culture of this society. And we are dealing with all three of those groups in prison. All three of those groups are represented by the inmate population. They are uneducated or undereducated or newly arrived. And the library service can reach them in a unique fashion that um, no other service being offered right now can. We can provide ESL when they can't get into classrooms. We can provide resources to help them when they get released. We can provide um, programs on anger management. We can provide, actually one of the most important, is programs on literacy. And for those who know how to read, who are already literate, we can do the best thing of all. We can provide them with literature literature about 
this country, about this society, about this culture. And through that, they can assimilate back into society. I, I am just a firm believer in that. Let me give you a, an overview of the prison system. Uh, the prison system has currently roughly 172,000 inmates in it. That doesn't include parolees. We have 34 institutions spread across the state from uh, Blythe in Southern California up to Pelican Bay in the very far north. We service inmates based on security level. The levels run through one through four, four being the highest. And those institutions are um, very, very uh, secure places. They're on lockdown probably 23 hours out of the day. I happen to work at a level two, level one institution. And out of those uh, institutions, there's, there's many of us actually out there. We run programs such as uh, fire prevention or flood prevention with the inmates. Oftentimes, you'll see them out in the community itself. Um, the libraries, each institution has a library. We're mandated to have a library in the institution based on the law collection and access to the courts. And this is a primary function that we provide. This goes to. Uh, some of the cases that have developed over the years, the, the inmates have a right, a constitutional right and guarantee to access the courts. The courts have determined that that access is, through, is to be provided through the law collection held in the library. And one of our core functions is to ensure that that law collection exists and is up to date. That said, there's many other functions that we provide. Um, general reading, uh, literacy, collection development, we do cataloging, and to a limited extent, technology. Uh, we're just now coming out of the dark ages and getting the internet put into some institutions, and hopefully over the next five years it'll be available in most of the institutions. Let me uh, talk to you about what a day in the life might be like working in the prison. You work with inmates. Inmates work for you. I have 23 inmates that work for me currently. You open the library in the morning. Uh, my library seats 80. We average oh, roughly 220 inmates coming through my library a day. And we're open seven days a week. We're open uh, Monday through Friday, mornings, afternoons, and evenings, and then on weekends. You um, ensure, again, that the law library, even if there is an incident and you're not able to open the general library, that the law library is available to the inmate population that's locked down. You ensure that requests for legal materials are answered in a timely manner and sent to the inmate. You overview cataloging. I have an automated cataloging system there. Every institution does. And then when you have done all that, you go to your external programs such as literacy or um, resources for release. Now, that said, I should say that there, 
there are certain dangers. You have to remember that you are in a prison um, and you have to take reasonable security precautions. The main one is to um, not become over-familiar with the inmate. And this is, in my opinion, best done by keeping a professional demeanor at all times and use that not to put off the patron, but to keep a respectful space between you and the inmate, still treating him as an individual and answering his questions or her questions, as the case may be. Um, one of the things that has probably brought you to the field of librarianship is your desire to help. And you will obviously carry that on into corrections. You just have to moderate it. You have to use a, um, uh, your judgment, your common sense, when you're presented with a question. You know, you, you want to answer every question. That's how we're trained, and that, that's great. But some questions, again, applying common sense, you have to back away from. That said, there's many rewards. The reward of reaching out to a person who's never been reached out to before, to um, getting, a, getting a person who spent his life in a gang to read a book and to come and talk to you about that book, to open their mind and their imagination. There is nothing more rewarding than that, than to see the look on his face, to watch the uh, mind, the imagination turn. That, that to me is the, the uh, crux of our profession and of what we're doing inside. Let me uh, talk briefly about the hiring process. As you'll see on the screen, it begins um, with obtaining an application at our website. You can get the applic application, a uh, form uh, 678. Fill that out and mail it to the address that's given there. It'll be reviewed by the Education Testing Office uh, to make sure that you meet the minimum qualifications as advertised. Once you've met the, once it's been determined that you meet the minimum qualifications, um, well, actually in the process, you'll be able to select a region or location that you're interested in working in. Once they've determined that you meet the minimum qualifications, they'll mail you a supplemental application. This will determine your rank. And you'll get a ranking from uh, one through any number. And there's multiple people in each rank. Just because you're rank number three doesn't necessarily mean that you're the third person in the state. So there'll be multiple people in each rank. Um, mail that supplemental application back and then the local institutions will hire from that list. You, you'll be put on a list and you'll be contacted from that list. Um, let's see, the uh, pay and, I had received a question from one of the students about the pay and benefits. Uh, we are part of the union, we're part of CSEA, uh, so we are represented by the union. Our pay runs from roughly 3,800 through 5,300 a month. It has very good benefits. We get a very good retirement, 2.5 at 55. 
and that is a PERS retirement. Then I'd like to uh, look at some of the resources that you might want to use. Obviously the website for the Department of Corrections, but also our American Libraries Association has a um, committee strictly for working with incarcerated uh, inmates. And there are many articles that you can access through that site. The rules and regulations pertaining to it, um, I've cited up here uh, out of the California Code of Regulations and also the uh, Department Operating Manual, which are both available through the website. And then some of the cases that have mandated that we use um, a law library that we have, make available a law library at each institution are listed. Finally, the standards under which you can do collection development are here from the American Association of Law Libraries, the American Correctional Association, and out of ALA. I'd like to end by um, saying again that this is a very rewarding career, very fulfilling and that I hope that you uh, entertain it as a, if nothing else, as an entry-level step on your career as a librarian. All right, are there any questions? Absolutely. Um, safeguards are in place at every step inside. It, I, I found it um, to be actually more safe than in many of the places I used to live. You're provided with an alarm. Uh, in my case, I actually have a guard that works in the library with me. Um, in one instant, the alarm went off and there were guards Responding to the scene, luckily it was a false alarm, but responding to the scene within 30 seconds. And actually, in the 12 years that I've worked in corrections, I've only seen two fights. And I actually stopped both of them by yelling at the <laughs> inmates to stop fighting, like I yell at my kids, which they did. So. you are competitive absolutely right out of library school. We will take um, new graduates at the entry level position. And we will provide training often with the um, more experienced librarians, even from other facilities. I've actually trained librarians from uh, facilities as much as 200 miles away. They've come over for uh, several weeks at a time and worked at my facility to learn the ins and outs of it. There is, for the law collection, absolutely. Absolutely. The courts have mandated exactly what we have to have in there, and we have very little um, ability to vary on that, which is a good thing. Um, because then there's no question of what we're required to 
provide and what we're not able to provide. For the general collection, there is a guide from the central office based on the standards uh, that I have up on the screen, such as um, an encyclopedia that's not more than five years old, the current uh, World Book Almanac, items like that. But for the general collection, they have a formula that uh, mandates the number of books, fiction and nonfiction, per the population. But as to the actual titles, no. Collection development is left up to the individual librarian. In my case, I actually leave it up to the inmates. I have a suggestion box and let the inmates uh, suggest books. I have the print volume of books in print and let them look through that. And also the um, Ingram's advances, advanced paperback. And they go through the catalogs, and, and they're actually very enthusiastic about suggesting books. Yes, and we're working on a standard on that, and it's going to be based on the um, percentage of uh, non-English speaking in the population. Currently, that standard isn't in place, but unofficially, we're required to provide um, for any significant population that is in our institution uh, books in their predominant language, in their first language. Currently, no. Within the next six months to a year, we're anticipating that we will have access in our offices to the internet. The answer to that is absolutely no. That, that's uh, absolutely forbidden at this moment. And I don't foresee that changing. Yes, you get uh, seven, you start with uh, seven days of vacation and 12 days of sick leave a year and holidays off to begin with. And then that goes up incrementally as you um, have your years in. Two point five is a percentage number that you use to multiply by the number of years in that you have, and that'll come up with a percentage of your last best salary. So, for example, if I had thirty years in, I'd multiply that by two point five and come up with seventy-five percent, and I would get seventy-five percent of my last best salary after, at or after fifty-five when I retire. concerning that um, we're open seven days a week. And the work schedules vary across the state. Um, some of us work four tens, that's uh, four days, 10 hours a day. I work Monday through Friday, mornings and afternoons. 
Many work on weekends, partial or full weekends with uh, weekdays off. But almost always, well always, you'll have two or more days off in a row as your regular day off. They're determined by the administration, by the people that we report to, which is uh, to begin with the education office in each facility and then the warden's office. And it's based on the needs of the population, on the needs of uh, the inmates to access the uh, collection, both the general collection and the law collection. And the scheduling is also based on the um, amount of staff available. Yes, I do. Uh, in many facilities, however, there's multiple librarians working or a librarian working with uh, an LTA or multiple LTA staff. In my case, I work alone in the mornings. In the afternoons, as I had stated, I have an officer working with me. And then um, he actually runs the library in the evenings. I would say that it was um, equal to, if not actually um, slightly less in the sense that I have more vacation and I certainly have more flexibility on vacation right now. Uh, many of the people working in schools are tied to a vacation schedule. We aren't. We're able to take our vacation whenever we want, which is definitely a bonus. And as you get more years in, you certainly get more vacation. Uh, per year. The clientele that I deal with, the inmates come to that library because they want to come to that library. They come to that library looking for something, looking for, for help, looking for an escape, uh, a mental escape, to use the word. Um, a release, they, they, they come because they want to be there. And from my experience, that isn't necessarily true out in the public libraries or in the academic libraries. They also, um, another difference actually goes to safety and security. I, I feel more secure in my setting because of the security than uh, I have in certain public libraries. I would say no, it, ha it doesn't happen at all in the Department of Corrections. The librarians that I've known for the last 12 years have uh, consistently been in that facility the whole time. Now that said, there is an opportunity to move if you so desire. And some of the institutions are in uh, places that you might want to move to. For example, my institution is near the beach and I always thought that it would be nice to retire in the mountains. And there's an institution up in the mountains. So as I near retirement, I might consider moving to that institution.
you keep them when you move. When you transfer from uh, one position to the other, you transfer with your seniority and all your benefits intact. Youth Authority is going through a transition phase right now. Um, it's being downsized, but we do have librarian positions in the Youth Authority. And there are opportunities to deal with the youth. It's, it's a different setting, and it requires a um, um, slightly different emphasis in that most of the incarcerated in the youth authorities are of school age and are working uh, in school. So you would be dealing more with that than we do, although we also service a school. And there would be less calling for uh, access to the courts. That actually isn't mandated for any youth authority facilities.